to Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 75. And today I'm going to be talking about siblings. Siblings enjoying each other's company. Siblings sharing with each other, working together. Along the way, we'll be talking about writing and music. And I have my 21-year-old daughter, Imogen, with me today. She's going to be chatting with me, sharing her thoughts on this topic. Welcome to my podcast, Imogen. Thank you for having me. Perhaps, Imogen, we could start with the question, how do you get on with your siblings? I feel I get on very well with my siblings, actually. We're going to be talking mostly about your three younger siblings, aren't we? Yes, well, they're the ones I do the most with at this point in time. Yes, Charlotte, who is 18, Sophie, who is 15, and Gemma Rose, who is 12. Can you tell me some of the things that you do with your siblings? Some of the things that I regularly do with my siblings, we will sing together in choirs. I will teach them piano and singing. We like to write together. We make videos together. We sometimes exercise together. We do lots of things together. Share things like books? Yes, movies other fun stuff like that you play together yes (laughs) and of course we go on lots of picnics and outings together don't we oh we do definitely lots of opportunities to spend time with your siblings is it fun having siblings i would think so yes I, i really enjoy having my siblings around how important are they in your life very important to me for the company for help sharing things i can think that life would be very different if I didn't have any. Do you consider your siblings your friends? My best friends, yes. Now, you're a musician, yes? Yes, I am. Can you tell me a little bit about that? As a musician, I'm a singer and a, and a pianist, and I've had le- lots of lessons in both, and I currently teach my two youngest sisters, Sophie and Gemma Rose, both piano and singing. So you give them weekly lessons, don't you? Yes, I do. Sharing the skills that you have. Sophie also has another piano teacher, doesn't she? Yes, she does. So she'll have one lesson with the other piano teacher and then one lesson with me. And we share the work. So the other piano teacher is actually your former piano teacher. Yes, she's very good. (laughs) And I know that she says to Sophie things like, well, go home and practice that. And if you have any problems, get Imogen to sort it out for you. (laughs) Yes, I find it quite funny. Sophie will come home and go, oh, yes, the teacher said today, oh, Imogen will go over that with you. She'll teach you that. I'm like, oh, oh, that's nice to know. It's good to know she has such confidence in me. Well, that's exactly what I think. She has full confidence in you. But you teach uh, Gemma Rose full-time, don't you? Yes, I do. What is it like teaching siblings? Because a lot of people say it's impossible for siblings to learn from siblings. That's asking for trouble. It's definitely possible for siblings to learn from siblings, but it's different as well. It comes with its own set of challenges. And for me, especially teaching Gemma Rose, I've had to learn a lot of different ways of teaching. Some of the challenges of a sibling teaching another sibling is the fact that there's a big difference in the siblings being taught in their mind between an outside teacher and a sibling. The outside teacher commands a position of authority and respect, whereas a sibling maybe not so much in the teaching capacity. I mean, you obviously have to give them respect as a person, but as far as teaching goes, 
you don't see them in quite the same light. So your siblings aren't used to seeing you in a teaching position. They're used to seeing you in a sibling position. Yes, yeah, so being in a teaching position is actually knowing more and being more authoritative, whereas in a sibling position you're basically equal. So for them to go from one to the other in a lesson, it, I find becomes a lot harder, really. So you've had to learn some people skills, is that right? A lot of people skills, a lot of patience, trial and error. Me teaching siblings, is I do it in a different way. I like to do it as if I'm sharing rather than teaching. So I like to come from a position where I make them feel like they actually know something, sort of lead along the way and sharing rather than teaching because I find it works better. I know most siblings don't like being told what to do by their other siblings. So the methods of teaching actually have to be different for it to work. I also think that Gemma Rose and Sophie have had to learn as well to respect you as a person who has a lot to share and to take the time to listen to you. They know that they're not going to learn unless they listen and follow your instructions. Do you agree? Oh yes, it's, it's been a bit of a learning process for all of us. And they do have the choice. If they don't want to learn, if they don't want to learn the piano and learn how to sing, they don't want you to help them, then they don't have to have the lessons, right? Yes, that's right. It comes down to that, doesn't it? If they want to learn, and they do, they want to sing like you, they want to play the piano like you, and I think they have come to understand that in order to do that, they have to listen and they have to do what you would like them to do, yes? Yes. Practice the pieces in your way, listen very carefully. So how long have you been teaching the girls? Um, it's probably been a couple of years now, I think. So obviously you're getting on okay. You've all worked out some way of working together. That is profitable. That is fun for all of you. Yes, I think we have at this point. I know that sometimes Gemma Rose gets a little bit frustrated when she can't do something. That comes into it a little bit, doesn't it? Yes, yes. So obviously you have to have a lot of patience. Yes, I've learned a lot of patience since I started teaching them. But good for you? It's very good for me, definitely. So siblings can teach siblings. Is not it impossible? No, it just requires a bit of cooperation on both sides. A learning experience. Yes. But well worth persevering with? Oh, definitely. I know I've learned a lot from it, and I think the girls are getting a lot out of it as well. So it's good for all of us. Must be nice to actually pass on your skills to your siblings. Yes, it's good to have something that I can share with them. I guess some people give up too soon with siblings. They have a bit of a fight, and that's that. I can't do that. I can't teach my siblings, or I won't listen, or I don't want to listen to my older sibling, and things fall apart very quickly, and they don't persevere. Do you think that might be the case? I think so. It does take a bit of time, and it can be very difficult when you start out. I know when we first started, we definitely had a few rocky lessons and maybe even a few tears in there. But you've got to give it a bit of time and try different things and really learn to be patient with it. And work on your relationships. Yes. Okay, I want to talk about the singing lessons that you're giving the girls. But before I do that, I want to talk about your videos. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> now, making your music videos is an opportunity for the girls to work with you, to share their skills with you. You're working on one project together, four girls. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Now, they're your music videos, but the girls all have an important role to play, don't they? 
oh yes, they're my team. Everyone has their own job to do when we're making the videos, which is really good. They all share part of the process of making it. I think you made the first one just before Christmas, didn't you? Yes, we were doing a Christmas carol, and for that one, um, it was only Sophie and I did it, so Sophie filmed it and I did the music. Didn't Gemma Rose help with the iPod? Yes, she did help a little bit with that, but for the majority of the work, it was um, Sophie and myself, and Charlotte didn't even come when we were filming it. No, I remember Charlotte said that she didn't want to come along. We went down to the local bush, and she said she was tired and didn't want to come. And I think Gemma Rose got a bit fed up, didn't she? Because it was taking a long time and she had nothing to do. Yes, it wasn't the same as the ones we do now, certainly. We soon found out that everybody has to have a job to do, to feel part of the team, that they're valuable, yes? They yes. have something that they can contribute. Yes. It's no good just coming along and standing on the sidelines and watching you be the star. It's it? very boring. That's right. They have to feel an integral part of the team. So everybody does have a job these days. Perhaps you'll share that with us. Well, so everyone has their own job, so Gemma Rose will run the music for me because it's very difficult for me to make sure the music's playing and that and be in, posi in position. So she does that. And she'll also take photos for my Instagram account for the behind-the-scenes photos. And Charlotte does the behind-the-scenes filming, so... All the behind-the-scenes videos that I've made, she's done all the filming for. She has a real knack for that. she just walk around with the camera. she get people to talk to her, capture all the funny moments. I am absolutely amazed what she does with the behind-the-scenes camera because she refused to use her camera when I bought her one. She didn't seem at all interested in photography or anything of that nature until we started making videos. And I handed her the Olympus camera, set it on automatic so, so that it was easy for her to use. And really, she has discovered a skill, hasn't she? Yes, and I think she's also more comfortable behind the camera rather in front of it. I think she found that it was actually fun capturing what other people were doing rather than having someone capture her. And Sophie, of course, is your videographer. Oh yes, she does all the amazing filming. Sets up two cameras films all the different angles. She knows what she's doing, doesn't she? Yes, she knows She knows more about it than I do. I used to know more about photography and videography than Sophie, but these days I just stand back and let her get on with it because she keeps adjusting all the settings and I have no idea what she's doing. She looks at the light, she says, I've got to make this adjustment, she puts her head down, does it all. I don't know what she's doing, but it all turns out well, doesn't it? Oh, it does. She's got a real knack for that kind of thing. Okay, so we've been making these videos and everybody has a job to do. Has it been good fun? It's been great fun. It's been the best fun. We go out filming sort of once every three weeks and they're probably the, the most fun day. We all look forward to getting together, going out there, filming it, putting the video together because you and Sophie do that, the editing, don't you? Yes, we do. So She does all the fancy stuff and I pick out the clips that I like and put them together and work it all out together so we've got a good editing system going and then the day that the video gets uploaded to youtube and is published is all very exciting for everybody yes oh yes yes <laughs> lots of big celebrations once it goes up safely now Gemma rose in all her behind the scenes videos says that she thinks that she should be the star oh yeah she keeps telling me she's going to fire me and do the, the video in my place but really you might be the star of the video as far as singing goes, but 
You wouldn't be able to do it without your siblings, would you? Oh no, I'm only I'm only the face you see. They're, they're the ones doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Yeah, real group effort. Yes. Okay, I want to get back to the singing lessons that I talked about earlier. As well as giving the girls piano lessons every week, you give them a singing lesson. Yes, I do. So for our singing lessons, I actually teach them together because I that that's easier and they seem to enjoy doing things together like that. So we'll just pick out a piece or two and we'll learn something fun until we're pretty confident with it and then move on. Except for quite recently where we learned a piece and then we thought, well, we could do this piece, all four of us, and we could actually make that into a video. And what piece was that? That was Wild Child by Enya. Now, describe the music a bit. Is it in parts? So the music that we do is not usually in parts. We usually just do a simple tune, or so a, a good melody. But when we're working together as a group, we do like to vary that and take different, take different lines and sort of break it all up between us. So there's lots of interest in the fact that you've got different voices singing. So you decided that you'd make a music video out of Wild Child and all four of you would be in it. Yes, that's right. Which is a bit different from your usual music video, isn't it? Yes, my usual music videos is just me. So how do you feel about working with your siblings? Um, I really enjoyed it, actually. I mean, it's a lot more work working with more people, but the fact that we all got to do something together and we all got to put together this piece and then this video was really fun and really worth it. Now, you had to do a lot of work for this one, didn't you? Yes, a lot more work, I think, than any of the other ones we've done because... You're working with four times as many people, so it's four times as much work, really. You had to find four outfits and four different lots of music, lots of different parts for everybody. You had to record four, four times. Four times. So how did you record the song? So we recorded the song the same sort of way I always record it myself. So I record the accompaniment, and then each person went and recorded their own parts separately, and then I mixed it all together at the end. So nobody heard each other singing while we were actually recording it. it was it, They were just basically singing a solo part. And you mixed all the voices together to make the song proper? Yes. So you, you recorded the song, we chose the outfits, then we had to choose the location, didn't we? Yes. So we had a location all picked out. And it, was, it was going to be a pretty good one too, and we went out nice and early and we started our filming. Tell us about the location. So the location we picked out was the playground just down the road from the house. It's about two minutes walking. And we had a whole we had a whole video planned out, like all the shots we wanted to take and everything. We went down there and we started filming and we got about a quarter of the way through it and the sun just came up and we could not film anymore. It was shining into people's eyes, wasn't it? Yes, it was way too bright to film anything anymore. And that was really disappointing actually because... We put a lot of work into getting there, getting set up, planning it all. And even if we came back on another morning, we weren't going to be able to get it all filmed over two days. I think we only had about three quarters of an hour between sunrise and the sun getting too high, didn't we? Yes, and usually we get about an hour and a half at, at the least before we have to start worrying about the sun. So that was a bit of a surprise to all of us. And because we had more shots to film, because there were four girls... Uh, we needed a lot more time, didn't we? Yes, we did. So the sun came up and we decided that we'd have to stop filming. And everybody's hearts sank, didn't they? Yeah, I think we were all a bit disappointed because 
we really wanted to get it filmed and to know that we weren't even get it going to get it done over another day, which we only had one other day suitable for filming on was a big disappointment because it meant we sort of had to start all over again or we weren't going to get it done in time. And you got up so early that morning, 5.30 in the morning, to get everybody's hair done and makeup on and outfits on. And we hardly got any filming done, all that work for nothing. Yes. And so we went home for breakfast, didn't we? Breakfast makes things better. Our food always makes everything better. And we talked about what we could possibly do, and I suggested that we went somewhere else, found another location in the shade and filmed the same day. Yes, yes. So that was what we actually ended up doing. We went to our favourite location, the Nature Reserve, which is where we filmed three or four of my other videos. And we went and had a look around and we found a suitable location, which was surprising because it was already mid-morning at that point, and it was in the shade, nice background, and we thought, oh, we could film this here. So we brought all the equipment, we were all dressed up, so we filmed it there instead. But the trees behind you, and behind the trees obviously was the river, but we couldn't see that through the trees. But there were a few problems there as well, weren't there? That area had been flooded a few days previously. The river rose with a lot of rain, and it flooded the nature reserve. It was all underwater a few days before we got there, wasn't it? Yes, and when we did get there, there were huge puddles, and the ground was very marshy, spongy underfoot, and very muddy and slippery. But we decided that we would risk that and keep on filming. And also, the weather, it was cold, wasn't it? It was. The, the sun was bright, but it was a really cold wind, and none of the costumes we've had so far have been particularly warm. And these ones weren't any exceptions, so in between in between takes, if you're putting a cardigan on, and we had to take it all off again to film the next bit. Yeah, it's a cold wind, but actually, we're in the finished video. I think the wind was very effective, blowing your hair and the ribbons and things. It gave a bit of movement to the video. Yes, I, th I thought it was rather nice. And also, you were very good at not showing on your faces that you were cold. <laughs> <laughs> There's a real art to that. Now, because you were all in front of the camera... How did you film it? Because I wasn't going to volunteer to film the thing because I thought I'd mess it all up. So how did you cope with being in front of the camera and being behind the camera? All credit to that goes to Sophie because she did all the hard work of setting up the cameras and getting it all focused, using stand-ins for herself to make sure everything was going to be in focus. So we actually used Mum as a model a lot of the time and then she would get out of place and Sophie would go in and we'd leave the cameras running um, and then we do several takes before we'd even turn the camera off. So it got very complicated and it was very time consuming. And she had to work incredibly hard. But it all sort of worked out in the end. It was a long day, wasn't it? It was. We were, we were probably filming for, when we actually, once we actually got filming, we were probably filming for a good couple of hours to do that. And Gemma Rose, who's the youngest, she got quite tired by the end of it, didn't she? Yeah, it's, it's hard work making videos, like always being uh, concentrated and all the waiting in between and then getting all set up and, and performing it again and again it's a lot of work and it's very very tiring the finished video doesn't show all the hard work does it it just shows the fun bits yes it's always it's always the polished version of hours and hours of work and sometimes of the cold and being tired because you got up early but as long as you can't actually see that and, and see all the hard bits that have gone in there, I think we've done a successful job. I think so too. I tried doing the behind-the-scenes job for Charlotte because she couldn't do that. 
I made a real mess of it. You tell, <laughs> you tell everybody what I actually did. Well, what actually happened was mum was filming the behind the scenes and filming a lot of behind the scenes. And then all of a sudden we realised, well, she was filming the behind the scenes. And she was filming it vertically. <laughs> so the camera was the wrong way up. I forgot that you can't turn the camera the other into portrait mode uh, while you're making a video. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very unlikely there will be a behind the scenes with this one. So I discovered another problem, and that is I haven't got Charlotte's knack of making you all talk and say funny things. I couldn't keep the conversation going. I don't know how she does that. So my behind the scenes was a disaster. <laughs> But never mind, next time Charlotte will be behind the camera again. And we've had a lot of nice reaction from this video, haven't we? Oh, a lot of good reaction. Been, everyone's been very encouraging about it. And at this time, I think it's not just because of the quality of singing and the video making, but there's another element to this video, isn't there? Yes, I think the fact that it's all four of us girls and people have sort of started knowing us a bit through behind the scenes and through the pictures and things we've posted, and everyone knows about Team Elvis. So actually seeing T Team Elvis make a, an entire video together and seeing everybody working together like that has been a real difference, and I think people have liked that. As a mother, I watch it, and I am so amazed by the love and the beauty of you girls. Yes, I can say that, I'm a mother. It is lovely to see you all interacting with each other in such a natural and loving way. And I think a lot of people have picked up on that. They can see that as well. Well, I think it helps that we actually used a lot of candid pieces of film for sections of that. So where there's no singing, you'll, you'll see a lot of us interacting together. And that's actually just us interacting and messing around. None of it's staged or anything. It's just what we took from bits when the camera was still going, but we weren't singing. So people can see what we're actually like. It's how you relate to each other in a natural way. Yes. I think that is a good example of the love that can exist between siblings. Siblings have a very special relationship, don't they? Oh, yes, I, I think they definitely do. I certainly have a very special relationship with mine. And that's what I think is the wonderful element of this video, is the love of siblings. The singing was all right. <laughs> So we'd like to invite you to go over to Imogen's YouTube channel, Imogen Elvis, and have a look at that video if you haven't already seen it, Wild Child. So perhaps before we go on to anything else, Imogen, you could tell us a little bit about your Facebook page. So my Facebook page is relatively new, but it's pretty much my central location for everything, for my photos, for news, for um, just getting to know me and interacting with me. Um, I post all my videos on there and music that I'm finding interesting, things that I've discovered. It's just generally a place where I can share with people and people can reach me. So if you'd like to come and join my Facebook page, Imogen Elvis, I would love for you to do that. So I do know that by the time people listen to this podcast, your Facebook page and your YouTube channel will have a whole new look, won't they? Yes, we're just about to update the profile picture and cover photo on my YouTube channel and Facebook page. So it'll have beautiful new photos. And that is courtesy of your sister, Sophie. This is another situation where you're working with your siblings, isn't it? Yes, she takes all my photos for me. So all the, all the lovely professional looking photos that I post or that I use, that's all her, her work. She takes all my photos. 
But going back a little bit to the filming of Wild Child, Sophie's camera malfunctioned while we were filming, didn't it? Yes, so it's having issues with filming where it'll turn itself off randomly. We did lose a couple of takes where it stopped working in the middle because nobody could watch it and see what was happening. So we're not sure whether this is a problem that's going to keep going, but we don't have to worry about it anymore. No, because Sophie got really quite upset on the day, didn't she? Because not only does her camera have that problem, but the screen has been flickering and it looks like the camera's on its way out. It was a second-hand camera to start with. I bought it from eBay and she's had a good couple of years uh, use out of it. But even so, the thought of of not having her camera anymore really distressed her, didn't it? Yes, because she's such an avid photographer and she's so good at what she does. And for a photographer not to have a camera is, well... Unthinkable. Yes. She can't do her passion without the right equipment. And so she came home from the music video shoot quite upset, didn't she? Yes, yes. The shoot itself had gone well, but she didn't know whether her camera would be okay. But we talked about it, didn't we? Dad and I talked about it. We decided that it was time to buy Sophie a new camera. And you'll benefit from it, won't you? Well, you already are. Yes, well, the new photos that we've taken were taken on her new camera, and they are markedly better than the ones on the old camera. And she'll also film my videos on the new camera as well. But I think she'll get plenty of use out of it for herself as well. Yes. It's good having siblings who have different skills from yours, isn't it? It is. There's so much you can share with people who have different skills and different talents. At the same time, you have a number of skills in common. So you understand each other as well. You can do things together, but you can also help each other. Yes, yes. You can all sing. You can all play the piano. You're all right, and that's what we're going to get on to next. But the extra things, like the photography, you're not a photographer, but Sophie is. But she can help you. Yes, and we can help her because we're not photographers, but she needs something to photograph. That's right. (laughs) The day she got her camera, she was just so eager to get out there and take photos of someone. And, of course, you needed new profile pictures, so you volunteered yourself, didn't you? Yes, so we both got something out of that. We had a great afternoon together. What was it, 802 photos she took? Yes, (laughs) on the first day, 802 photos. And that was in about an hour and a half. And then we did a quick bit of real-life maths, working out how many photos she took per minute. Amazing amount. (laughs) And she got a lot of good photos, but then it was hard, wasn't it, deciding on which ones you like best? Yes, try whittling 802 photos down to one profile picture. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite a challenge. Okay then, the next thing I want to talk about is writing. We've talked about collaborating with your music. I want to talk about how you're sharing your passion of writing with your sisters who also love writing. Yes? Yes. Now, let's start with Gemma Rose. She has done NaNoWriMo, which is a National Novel Writing Month, where people write a novel in 30 days, a 50,000-word novel. She has done that a number of times, hasn't she? Yes, she has. Well, you all have. But I think she said that she did her first one when she was seven. That sounds about right, yes. She didn't write 50,000 words when she was seven. I think it was 1,000 when she was seven, but she is now writing nearly 100,000 words in a month or over. Yes, she has certainly gone in leaps and bounds, hasn't she? And she's writing more than a typical adult. Really, really passionate about her novel writing. 
Yes. And after the last, was it Camp NaNoWriMo in April? Yes, that's right. And uh, did she write 100,000 words then? Yes, she did. Um, She actually wrote more words than me, which was the first time that's ever happened. (laughs) And I thought to myself, she is passionate about writing. And I thought, who knows about writing? Imogen. So tell us about your qualification in writing. So I actually have a degree in writing. So I have a Bachelor of Arts in Professional Writing and Publishing which I finished at the end of last year. And so I had this bright idea, didn't I, that just like you teach the girls piano and singing, perhaps you could share your writing skills with Gemma Rose. Yes? Yes. Because you had already said to me that you would like, in the future, to inspire other young writers and to share your talents with them. Something that you would find satisfying? Yes, it is. I thought, well, perhaps you could start with the younger sister, Gemma Rose. Share some of the things that you know, expand her knowledge of writing. And she liked this idea. Did you like the idea? Yes, and once we actually started it, it turned out a lot better than I think either of us were expecting. Like We've been going for nearly a couple of months now, um, having a bit of a writing lesson, or a writing session, I would call it, once a week. And really, it's, it's, more, it's less of teaching and more of sharing, which I find a lot easier. Gemma Rose is not a person who responds very well to a sibling trying to teach her and you know talk down, I know this stuff and you ought to know it as well. But we do more of talking about things and sharing things. So she already knows a lot about writing, certainly a lot more than I ever did at her age. So there's a lot more sharing and equal discussion. And I'll tell her some things that I know and we'll discuss things and we'll come up with ideas and work on a novel idea that she's got going at the moment. And it's been really good. I made a mistake yesterday, or the day you did the writing with her this week. I said, after morning tea, Imogen's going to give you your writing lesson. And Gemma Rose is just eyebrows shut in the air. And she says, writing lesson? It's not a writing lesson. I thought, slip of the tongue. I then went back and said, after morning tea, you're going to have your writer's circle meeting. And that's more representative of what it is, isn't it? Sitting around the heater together with your notepads and pencils and sharing writing. Yes, that's as, exactly what, as writers. Yes, that's exactly what we do. It's not it's not like a teacher and pupil thing. It's just three writers sharing things together. You say three writers. Sophie initially wasn't part of your writing circle, was she? No. We started out with just Gemma Rose. But then we started preparing her a novel for the upcoming Camp NaNoWriMo in July. And Sophie got wind of that. She went, oh, I'm preparing a novel for July. I really need some help. Can I join in? (laughs) Can I be part of your writing circle, didn't she? Yes, so she's been coming to the last few sessions. And it's really, I think it's added something having more people. There's a lot more discussion goes on. Everyone gets gets a viewpoint. Everyone gets to suggest ideas. And everyone seems to really enjoy it now. So I have no idea what you do because usually while you're sitting having your writer's circle meeting, I'm sitting in here in the bedroom recording a podcast. (laughs) I take advantage of that time to go off and do something that I need to do. So tell me what you've been doing. So what we've been doing is we've helped each other come up with a solid idea for a book. We've talked about different ways to come up with ideas. We've brainstorming plots. Sophie's nearly got an entire plot from what we've done 
and Gemma Rose is not far behind and we're eventually going to have a full plan for a book and when it comes to Camp NaNoWriMo we're going to write the book together so when we meet up we'll be less talking about books and more writing them. So Sophie took a photograph of her writing notebook for Instagram and from that photo I could see that there were a number of questions on the page and I guess they were all questions to do with the plot, working out what she needed to fill in, whether things made sense, how this next action was going to proceed from the first one, that type of thing? Yes, because what we like to do when we're having our writing session is, well, the first thing we do is we don't tell people that an idea is stupid. All ideas are welcome, and when we're talking about someone's idea, a lot of the time we're just asking questions. So we'll say, well, how does this happen? Have you thought about how that happens? What if this was to happen? Or what if instead of that, this happened? And they always come away with a notebook full of questions about their books and we'll present a few ideas of things that could happen. And from the questions, the questions are really just a starting point to get them thinking about the plot on their own. So they get, they get a lot of input from all of us, but then they can go and answer these questions and think about it and come up with the full plot on their own. And so when you come back each week, do you discuss what you've been working on during that week? Yes, so because we've been coming up with the plot and story idea, each time we've come back, the first thing I'll get them to do is share where they're up to, how much of a plot they've got, what the plot is, and then we work through and work through ideas. And they always seem to leave having more idea of what they're doing and where they're going, which is really encouraging. Well, before we started recording this podcast, I said to Gemma Rose, what are you doing this afternoon? And she says, I'm going to go and do some work on my novel planning. And she's got constantly got her head in her book, hasn't she? Thinking about it, trying to answer these questions to get it all ready for Camp NaNoWriMo. So tell me more about Camp NaNoWriMo. It's coming up very shortly, isn't it? Yes, so... This Camp NaNoWriMo happens in July. Camp NaNoWriMo is slightly different from regular NaNoWriMo in that you can pick the amount of words that you want to write, so anywhere from 10,000 words up. You can even write different projects, so you can edit a, you can edit a book, you can write a non-fiction book, I think you can write short stories, so it's a lot more flexible. And they run Camp NaNoWriMo twice a year, so we've had one in April and we're having one in July. It sounds to me like a good starting point for anybody that would like to novel write because you can set your own goals. Yes, it's especially good for anyone who wants to do NaNoWriMo but is a bit daunted by the idea of writing 50,000 words because that's definitely a lot of words to write in a month. But being able to set a lower goal is, um, I think, a great way to go into it. And You can raise or lower your goal for the first something like 20 days in case you set yourself too high or too low a goal. So it's very flexible. So perhaps I can put some links to Camp NaNoWriMo in the show notes, Imogen, in case anybody would like to write a novel. It's a good way to get into novel writing, isn't it? It's, it's one of the best ways to get into it, I think. A lot of support from other people around you. You can talk to people online who are also writing novels. Yes, there, there will be literally thousands of other writers writing at the same time as you. The NaNoWriMo forums always have people talking. You can also have a virtual cabin of writers that, that you can interact with. So it'll be up to 12 people in like a little private chat board. 
that you can talk to. They've got communities on Twitter. There's writing communities everywhere focused around this. So if you like writing with a lot of other people and having a bit of social support, Camp NaNoWriMo is one of the best ways to get that. Now, the first time that I ever did NaNoWriMo, because I've never done Camp NaNoWriMo, but I've done NaNoWriMo, I think, three times, I didn't plan anything. I didn't have a planning notebook like Gemma Rose. I started off with a sentence or two. I wanted my novel to be about six girls, and it had to have something to do with Shakespeare. And that's all I knew the day before I started writing. And I wrote a novel. It came as I was writing. I've got to rewrite it all, of course. I haven't actually edited it yet, but that's one way of writing a novel, isn't it? Just going diving in and without any preparation, writing a novel. You can do it. Yes, you can definitely do it. And other people like to plan things. There seems to be two sorts of writers, the people that plan and the people that just dive in and see where things lead. Do you agree? Yes, there's definitely two, two camps of writers. So if people haven't planned a novel and it's getting close to the beginning of Camp NaNoWriMo, that doesn't mean they can't start writing a novel. No? No. You just got to have an idea to start with and just be willing to go wherever it takes you. Just keep on going and the ideas will come as you're writing. But obviously there's a lot of fun in planning a novel as well. Gemma Rose is enjoying planning it and I think she thinks that it, the actual writing of the novel will go more smoothly. Do you agree with that? Yes, well I've actually done both, both um, ways. So I've done it without a plan and I've done it with a plan and I've certainly found it helpful to have a plan sometimes and... I leave it up to them how much of a plan they want to have. But as long as they want to keep planning, I'm quite willing to help them. But it's up—it's really up to the way you write. But I also think that if you've got a plan, you're more likely to succeed at Camp NaNoWriMo or NaNoWriMo the first time round. Because a lot of people give up after a few thousand words, don't they? They lose their inspiration and yes. think, I can't find anything else to say about this. It's known as the week two blues. You get through the first week, which is the exciting week, and you've got all the ideas. And then you reach week two, and you've been writing, hopefully, for a week straight. And all of a sudden, it's become a much bigger job, and maybe you start running out of ideas. And having a bit of a plan of where it's going stops you from sitting there going, I don't know what's going to happen next. Because as long as you've got some idea of what's going to happen next, you can generally keep going. So having even a few notes on where you want the book to go can be really helpful. Now I'm wondering Imogen if there are people that would like some help in planning novels for Camp NaNoWriMo or NaNoWriMo if they would like sort of similar help to that that you're giving Sophie and Gemma Rose. So have you thought about this? I have thought about it actually and it's actually one of the things that you know I'd like to do in the future is maybe create a writing course that people can access when they want to plan a novel or write a novel and they, need, and they want a bit of extra support and help and ideas. So similar things that you're doing with the girls but put it into a more formal course. Yes, yeah, so videos and blog posts and that, that sort of thing that then people can access all at once and go through at the pace that they need it. So have it online somewhere for people to visit as often as they like. Yes, that's at right. At their own pace. So you want to help people get from the stage of planning the novel and through to writing it, yes? Yes. I was talking to Gemma Rose today about her novel, and I said, wouldn't it be lovely if we published a copy of her book at the end? And maybe through Lulu. 
Yes. That's quite possible. You can just publish one copy of a book or as many copies as you like. You don't have to sell hundreds and hundreds of them. We can just format her book and then upload the file to Lulu, create an account for it, and then just order one book. Yeah, I think that'd be very exciting to see her work in print. Yes, I think it would. I think she likes that idea. And I think she also feels that the ideas that she's got for the next month's novel might actually come to the end and make a good book. And then to have that book, a physical book, might be good to share with people. Yes, sort of a big achievement for her, I think. I think you might have to write a course about how to format and publish your own book as well. <laughs> well, I'm getting a bit of experience in that now. So Yes, you're still working on mine, aren't you? My second novel, you've uh, almost formatted it. We're just waiting for a book cover, aren't we? Yes, once it has the cover, we can finish it. So I have a few people who are interested in my second novel, which is called The Angels of Gumtree Road. And every now and then people will say to me, how's that novel coming along? And I've got to admit that... It hasn't been published yet because one person said to me, did I miss the publishing of your next book? I said, no, actually, we're still waiting. But we're just waiting for the cover. We've done everything else, haven't we? Yes, the book's formatted, all the pictures are in it. So once we've got a book cover, we are ready to upload and publish. Planning, writing and publishing a book is a long-term project, isn't it? Yes, I think it takes a lot longer than most people think. I forgot the editing part as well. <laughs> that makes it even longer. <laughs> By the time you actually get to the end of it, you actually find things you want to change again. You go round the circle again, don't you? Yes. But anyway, my book will be published very shortly, I am sure. So if anybody is interested in online writing courses, how to plan, write, and publish a book, perhaps you could give Imogen some feedback. It might be one of the things that she would like to work on. Is that okay, Imogen? Yeah, that would be good. See what the interest is like before you actually start putting this into a formal course. Yes. In the meantime, you're sharing your skills with your siblings. And they seem to be benefiting enormously from that. So how are we going to sum up today, Imogen? It's possible to teach siblings, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's better to share with siblings. Oh, definitely. You've got to preserve your relationship. But also, your relationships are enhanced. You learn more about each other and how to get on with people by working with each other, yes? Yes, you do. Sharing talents with each other is wonderful. We wouldn't be able to work without each other, would we? We're a team. Oh, yes. There's no way I think most of us could do what we do right now without having a good team around us to help us and to support us. I think that's true for most people, that we need to collaborate with others if we want to do our best work. Yes. Sharing time with siblings, sharing talents is enjoyable, isn't it? It's a lot of fun. Yes, it definitely is. Do you think it makes you feel closer together? Increases the love between you? I think so. I, think, I don't think there's any way that you can share that much with people and not grow closer. I always think it's very fortunate that we are in the position where we can unschool and have you young adults at home as well as adult unschoolers. We have so much time to spend with each other. Just imagine if you all went your separate ways or if the girls were at school, we wouldn't have the opportunities to grow closer like this and to share talents, would we? No, I, and I certainly think that if that was how we were doing things, then we wouldn't be doing any of the things we're doing now. Sophie wouldn't do all her photography. I wouldn't be making videos. We wouldn't be collaborating and writing books together and publishing books. It would be very different. 
So, unschooling is a wonderful way of life, isn't it? It is. Very fortunate. Well, I'd like to thank you, Imogen, for talking with me today about siblings and sharing with siblings. It's been a wonderful conversation, and I hope that my listeners enjoy this podcast. I'm sure they will. You always come along, and you always have something very interesting to share with us. Thank you. I'd just like to invite you to go over to Imogen's YouTube channel and her Facebook page. And while you're over on Facebook, you might like to stop by my Facebook page, Stories of an Unschooling Family. I think we're competing there a bit, Imogen. (laughs) Helping each other with our Facebook pages too, aren't we? (laughs) I'll put some show notes on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. And we'll just run through the places people can find us, Imogen. We're both on Instagram, aren't we? Yes, we've already mentioned Facebook and YouTube. And your blog, what's your blog called? My blog is called Gossiping with Dragons. That's your writing blog? Yes, it is. So you have two strings to your bow, your writing and your music. That's right. So I think that's all we've got to say today, Imogen. I'd just like, again, to thank you for talking with me. And I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this podcast. I hope everybody has a good week. And until next time... Trust, respect, and love unconditionally.